Hey guys, good morning once again. If I missed you earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at Downtown Community, and I know you guys are sad. Today's the series finale of Guardrails, so that's the last time of the year you get to see the beautiful montage of Guardrails. So just take it in. You know, that was an amazing moment for you. Um, I have really beat that joke hard this series, so there you go. Um, well, it's great to be engaging with you guys today, and in today's conversation uh, is really, um, I think, the most important one. And, and so you picked a great day to be with us. We're talking about guardrails, and as you know, guardrails on the road protect you. They also give you direction. If you're in a bad storm, you're very thankful to have them. It gives you confidence to move forward and gives you direction. And so we're learning, just like we see in, with, with roads, that uh, we need personal guardrails, places where we have boundaries that keep us from going into destruction. And just like a real guardrail, if you hit it, uh, you will take some damage, and so, uh, but it's minor comparison about uh, than than what would happen had you not had a guardrail there. And so, in real life, if you have a guardrail, people might make fun of you. You know, you people are like, why? You know, you have, you go out and you. It's like I only drink so many drinks when I go out. And I'm like, why would you do that? Or you, you have a, a guardrail that you don't drink at all because you know who you you are, who yourself is. Or you make choices for your kids that they don't do things or they do things, and then. And then people are like, why would you make that decision? And so you'll take a hit, but it'll keep you from regret because culture just kind of pushes us to the edge of everything. But you really can't live life like that because one day you will fall over that edge. And so this is about learning to create personal boundaries for you that keeps you from regret. And so uh, last week we started a kind of a two-part conversation we talked about our heart last week, and so today we're going to continue that. And guardrails, really, for us, just as a quick recap, are about being intentional. You need to stop and you need to think about your heart and your life. And this is the call that we see all throughout Scripture. In Ephesians 5, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We just see how destructive the world is around us. You need to be you need to be thoughtful about how you are wise about your life. It says making the most of every opportunity. You're redeeming. The, the, the phrase really means redeeming time that you have. Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, if you walk with wise people, you'll you'll begin to rub off what they're saying. If you walk with a fool, you don't, you don't just become a fool, but you, you actually suffer harm. It's destructive for you. Jesus, in talking about making principled decisions, decisions that other people don't like, he said wisdom is shown to be right by its results. So this is the hard part of doing this. It means it, it, time will tell. Time will tell. And it's like, you know, you make decisions you, you know, for your kids or, you know, for yourself, and it may seem stupid at the time to other people, but in time, they'll see the wisdom of standing on principle. And this is hard to do in our lives, and this is why we want to talk about it and learn to be intentional. So we, last week, we talked about our heart, and we talked about four areas to be intentional about, about to, to notice and to take stock of. So greed, excuse me, guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy. And they each of them say different things, and this is a great conversation. It's on our, it's on our Apple podcast. It's on our website. You can go back and listen to it. But the, the, the solution for guilt is to confess. Anger is to forgive. That sets somebody else free, and you may not like that, but it also sets you free. It keeps your heart from being angry. Greed, the solution is to give. 
and you're jealous, you celebrate. And these are hard things to do, but we know we need to do this because Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do. This is why you see so many celebrities or, or whoever may be destroy their lives and careers over heart issues, not because of their competency. They were probably more than competent. It was their heart. Everything you do flows from this. And so we're, we're like, okay, I want to be intentional. And here's the thing. Everything, you can do everything you can to be intentional. Put others around you, you, know, you learn to grow, you begin to take these steps to guarding your heart, and then but one day you still blow it. You still mess up and your heart explodes. Why is that? Well, you can take these practical steps. We need to understand that there's a root cause to other things. So let me introduce you quickly to uh, my friend, this squirrel. I have a picture of this amazing squirrel. Hopefully you can see it. We, could, we couldn't see it well earlier. Uh, so th this is a squirrel going up into a wall. When we moved into the place my family are currently living in, there were squirrels in the walls and in the ceiling. I'm not, and like, they're running around and we were like, what do you do about this? How do you figure out this problem? We were baffled and freaked out. And so we, we had to hire an expert, and they came in, and they crawled all over the place. I'm thinking the solution is ripping in walls and setting up traps. And I'm like, how do you deal with this? And then, and thankfully, there's a landlord that has to deal with the stress. Anyway, but we hired an expert to come in, and he walked all over the place. And was like, listen, we, we can't find it, but all you need to do is find where they go in. And so we became sleuths, and my neighbor and I figured out that there's a hole in this little drain in his wall on his upper floor. It's a deck wall. And I set up a GoPro. I mean, I'm not kidding. Set up a GoPro, and we caught them. We saw it. One day, we, we observed their patterns. They are going up there, and I checked it, and there was the squirrel going up into this hole, and they just put, they sealed it off and put a one-way exit, and that was it. Just like that, it was solved. We had to go to the root cause. I had a, a leak in my ceiling in, the, in a former apartment, and when it rained really hard, it would leak in, and, and, and so we, our landlords had to come and fix that. Well, the, the dumb thing would be just to paint over. Like, it, would, it looks awful. You could see brown in the ceiling where it dripped down and it looked bad. And, you know, it, how stupid it would it be just to paint over that? Like, oh, all right, it's good now. I just don't want to look bad when people come over. No, what did they do? They immediately went to the root cause. They went to the roof and found where the crack was, and they sealed it off. It took them an entire day of work to fix it. The funny thing was they never fixed the ceiling. <laughs> but they, they ended the issue. The problem was solved. And so this is true for our own personal lives. We are more concerned usually about the cosmetic damage, our behavioral actions, and we don't realize, we don't address what's really going on in our heart. And so we are learning to do this. So when we blow it, when your heart explodes, you need things. You need something that can address the root cause, and a pathway out, a work of grace that rescues you when you fail again, because it's going to happen again. And so you and I, we think, you know, I just need to get better. I just need to improve. And that's really what a lot of religions are about. And so I think that's why a lot of times we say, well, it doesn't really matter which one, because, you know, you just need to find your way of peace, your way of getting better. 
Because we're focused on the outside. And like you're finding your way to be right and whatever that may be. The, the, the real the problem with this is that Christianity doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. Jesus never said those things. The other point of view is really just about the cosmetic. It's about the outward. But throughout the scriptures, it shows us that there's a deeper issue. And it's why we should consider who Christ is. I want to lead you to this incredible passage in Ephesians. This is found in Ephesians 2. And Paul is writing to this, this new church that started up in the Greco-Roman world. This is not too long after Jesus' resurrection. And here's what he writes to them. He says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among who we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Paul is talking about our, our brokenness, our sinful selves. And what's interesting is Paul doesn't speak of sin like we do. We say like, oh, I messed up. Uh, you know, I made a mistake. I didn't mean to say that. It's kind of they leaked out. Or we say, I'm struggling with this thing or I'm struggling with that. And Paul's engagement is just totally different. He talks about sin, our mistakes and everything as just this, this, this comprehensive outward flow of our lives. It just consumes everything. You and I, we think of it like it's the healthy person. There's just a little bit of sickness. I got a stomach issue. And I just need some medicine to help take care of that. I've got a hand that's bruised, and we just need to help take care of this or just some treatment over time. That's how we think of it, like a healthy person. But, but, but Paul shows us we're more like someone with cancer that's just spread throughout the whole body. Or really just we're dead. We're dead. Dan Ortland in this, his book, Gentle and Lowly, says, says this. He says, Christ was sent to us not to mend wounded people or to wake sleepy people or advise confused people or inspired bore people or spur on lazy people or educate ignorant people. But Christ came to raise dead people. But there was a deeper root cause issue inside of us. You and I are prone towards actions, activities, thoughts that are destructive. So your thoughts, your desires, those betray you. They hurt you. They hurt me. We think crazy things. We think awful things about others where our jealousy just leads us to just ugly, ugly things. We just, you know, we, we, we wish bad for someone else. We rejoice when someone actually gets that or we get incredibly angry when they don't get what they deserve or we just hurt other people that are close to us in awful ways. Our anger just builds up and it comes out in, in different things. Like I have kids and I'm married and, and, and I find myself being angry at my kids and I shouldn't be and my wife and, and then there's brokenness and the relationship's there and we're like, how can we hurt those that, are, that we love the deepest? It happens in so many other ways. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says this. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. 
It's fascinating. In, in Proverbs, uh, Solomon wrote that two different times. It's amazing. So I want you to consider these two big principles. I want to introduce you to two big pre- principles, and we're going to walk through that. And then just some practical steps of how we live out the, the, the grace that we need in our lives. So this, this. I'll give you the, these two big principles up front. One is you need saving, and you need a grace that continues to cover you need saving and you need a grace that continues to cover you. You need something that walks alongside of you, that you can, you can be forgiven for, that you can, you can step up in confidence, all these things. It's so important that both of those work together. So let's work through them. First one is you need saving. You need something that, that deals with the root issue. And here's where guardrails really come to a point because, because we don't want to face this. If we're going to be intentional, if we're going to observe our lives and, and think about it and guard our heart, that means that you've actually got to think about the brokenness in you. And, and we don't want to face these things because it ultimately condemns us. It says that there's something wrong. And, and so we feel guilty. And if you're with us last week, or if you took note earlier quickly, what's the answer to guilt? Well, it's to confess. It's to admit that you've got something wrong, that you've done something wrong. And this is maybe the hardest thing in our culture today. Our culture cares a lot about justice, but as long as we just focus on someone else, like if you focus inwardly, there's things that you don't want, that you are purposefully ignoring. But we're learning that it leaks out. So we have to admit. So the question there, the answer or whatever is like, the question is, who, who will forgive? Who will let you off the hook? Who will forgive you? So let's go back to this Ephesians passage. Paul's like, yeah, you were dead in your sin and you were sons of wrath and daughters of wrath. And like, it's wow. But then he says this, and this is one of the most beautiful phrases in all of Scripture. He continues in verse 4. He says, but God, you were dead, but God, being rich in mercy. That phrase, this is the God who loves you. We, we, think, we, want to, we think of God as the angry God and all those things. God's first descriptions of himself is always, I'm rich in mercy, full of love and compassion. That's his LinkedIn profile. Like, that's the first thing that you see. God, I'm rich in mercy and love, full of love. I mean, Paul continues here. He says, because of the great love with which he loved us. Like, you think about love in the world. Any kind of thought or experience of love you've had has, has come from him. He is the definition of love. We get that from him. Any kind of thought about love in this world has comes from this Judeo-Christian concept of love. Its root is there. And he's like, he has this great love with which he loved us with. It's incredible. He says, even when you were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
This is why we worship and we celebrate Christ and sing the words that we do on Sundays and engage in this way because it's this, this incredible great love that He's loved us with and He's full of, of mercy and He's rich in kindness. It's incredible. And He has come and He's rescued us. You need something, someone that can address the issues, the root cause of our lives, and we can't do enough good to make up for it. And that's why Christ came. You and I need to be saved. This is why what he came for. It deals with the root issue. And it can only happen through Christ. He is the only one. He was the one who came because of his resurrection, defeating death and grave. We know that he is truly God. It's incredible. But not only that, you also need a grace to cover you. You need grace. Because we still live in our broken bodies and, and, and we have what Scripture calls indwelling sin and indwelling things that God wants to long, to longs to come beside you and work with us. You need a grace that, that walks alongside of you. And that same love that drove Jesus to go and, and to die for us and to the cross and to take that punishment, even though he didn't have to, that same passion that drove him there, he's just as, as, as passionate and as purposeful in his pursuit of you and your life now. We still live with this happening inside of us. And it's, and it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance and towards growth. He is leading you on a journey towards him. So he's redeemed us. He's, he's had, he's, we've, been, we've been redeemed. We have redemption in Christ. But not only that, we also are being restored. It's part of his story that he made us for this incredible beauty and love. But we screwed it up. We messed it up. But then he didn't leave us there. But he came. But God came and restored, rescued us. And now he's working the story of redemption. So God is rich in mercy, and he raised up with him to be seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then it continues and says this, so that he did this. Why did he do this? So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. He wants you and I to experience the immeasurable riches of his grace. We want many times to pursue God. We want God to make us rich. And there are people out there, like financially, like there are people that pursue that. God's like, no, no, no. The, you, what you belong, what you need is to experience the immeasurable, the unending riches of his grace and kindness towards us. It's amazing. He wants you to experience that. That's life. Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it to the full. It continues here. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift from God. It's a gift. We just accept it. It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this is why we want to pursue guardrails, because right there, what we've just read is the fruit and the joy of this in our lives, of guarding our hearts, because everything you do flows from it. it. It helps us to have direction, and we can slam on the gas and go 80, 90 down the, the, the highway. And just go for it in life and, and experience the good works and the joy and the kindness that he longs for us to experience. 
the peace and assurance and forgiveness that you are looking for can only be found in Christ. That is the first and ultimate guard rail. We need saving. The foundation of peace, forgiveness, and grace propels us towards growth. Christ took away the fear of death. He took away the fear of punishment. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, but it propels us towards growth. Because the scriptures say that we are no longer, there's no longer no, any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So <clears throat> we now look at our brokenness and say, my identity is now in Christ. I've been made righteous by him and I have a sinful nature, but that's not who I am. And so we are not condemned by our actions any longer. And because of his grace and kindness, we can say, okay, this is here. God, come and walk me away from these destructive things. It's beautiful. In Philippians 4, it says this. It says, rejoice in the Lord's always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it's incredible, will guard your hearts. Isn't that an incredible phrase? His peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety ultimately comes from having no assurance of the future. And for Christ followers here, we actually don't have a reason to be anxious. When you really sit and ponder upon the beauty and the love of Christ and how secure we are in his love, you should take that away. When you blow it, many times as Christians, we just feel so guilt-ridden over it, and we beat ourselves up, and Christ is like, I came to take that away. You're not condemned. So we get up, and we get up over and over again, and we walk towards life, and we walk away from the things that are destructive. Peace comes from assurance and confidence in this. And that gives us patience, to make principal decisions and things that we might take hits with in our lives. But wisdom, as Jesus said, is proved by its results. Time will tell. So you need saving and you need grace to continue to walk alongside of you. Jesus pursued us with his love. He died for us and rose again to defeat death, so we're no longer afraid of death. We know that, that we are made to be eternal. That gives us the confidence. But then he is still pursuing you and I and engaging us with that same intensity and love to walk alongside of us in our lives. And that's where we need to engage him and invite him in. So the first step is to, is, is to, to, to admit and confess and say, I believe you're the Son of God, and you are Lord of my life, and then we invite him. We're in this relationship. And if you want to talk more about what that means, and 
if that's on your heart, use your connection card and click what it means to follow Christ. I'd love to engage that conversation with you. Our, me or one of our leaders would love to engage that with you anytime. But then what does it mean to walk in grace? Well, I want to give you three practical areas where you need to be conscientious and think about this. And I honestly say, think you should write these down. This is where we need patience, where we need wisdom. So you need to identify things out of these three areas where you need his grace to impact you. The first one is your appetites. Your appetites. So there's three areas. I'll give them all up front, but it's appetites, you know, troubles, and in your future goals. So your appetites. Well, there's all kinds of, what is an appetite? An appetite is something that, that you like and you consume, and these aren't bad things necessarily, the thing that you like to engage, but you just, you, they constantly come back. And so it can be anything, like it, can be, it can be food, right? That's the obvious one, an appetite for food. You eat, and you got to eat again. Like, but I mean, but so, you know, but you go out to eat, and you're like, oh, I got to go out to eat. That doesn't satisfy your craving to go out. In fact, you just want to do it more. Am I right? Like, you're like, wow. And so like the very next meal, you're like, man, I will go out again. You're like, man, I can't keep doing this because it's so expensive, in downtown Jersey City, you know, it's like, so we constantly want things. Your finances can be an appetite where you get things and you, you want more money because you realize what it can get you and you want more apartment and like you, your salary increases and so you're spending. And if anything, you, many times we leverage that and it's an appetite that won't end. And so we need His grace to impact this. And our relationships and our sexuality is a massive one. If you look into the New Testament scriptures, a consistent thing that is addressed over and over again is our sexuality because it's so impactful. Above anything else, it's the one that affects you the most. And psychology has come behind that thousands of years later, and we understand this more deeply. And so we have laws built around it because it's so deeply impactful to your heart. It's February, Valentine's Day is coming, we're trying to get out of this pandemic, and if you've noticed, like, every app is now going for it, and like, for relationships, this is an, a really good time for you to think about guardrails around your relationships. As you begin to date, And how you engage sexuality in your own lives and when you're behind closed doors, all these things, it impacts you deeply. And there's, there's other things, like when it comes to our spending and there's, you know, how you use your phone, there's social media, there's streaming. Like you're constantly consuming. You need God's grace to impact you there. And these are great things. And putting guardrails in place allows you to go for it and enjoy it. And experience it in a beautiful way. So there's our appetites. And that's a million different things. And you just need to observe what you're prone to kind of go after. And then there's perplexing situations and troubles. As we need God's grace to step into troubles in our lives and be able to go to him. And maybe it's your own mistakes that you've made, but others' decisions around you or just health issues or job or work issues. You need his grace to step into the things that are hard and perplexing. This is the one area for me that I experience his grace, I think, more than anything else. The challenges of being a leader and through COVID has been substantial. It's not been easy, absolutely. 
and it's exposed idols and, and things in my heart as things don't go like they normally would. And those fears and anxieties and things that pop up in my heart show me that there's something going on inside. And so I have people, I have community around me that I can say, and I have people that I talk about it with, and I admit it, say, I'm struggling with this. And I have elders, I have mentors that I regularly go to. I'm in a dinner group, I have, I have, I have places where I can be caught. Those are guardrails for me to help me in perplexing situations. And I need that wisdom. And the older I'm getting, I'm not that old yet, but the longer, the older I'm getting, the more I realize how much more wisdom I need, more input, and I seek it out. And then the third thing is, with all your goals and future plans, it's a gift from God that we can think ahead. We can dream about the future. We can, we can imagine going to space and we figure out how to get there. We can just think about something that could be that doesn't exist yet and we can see that happen. What a gift that God has given us. It, it's just one thing that makes us so hopeful about the future in life. And if you live as if there is no God, you're really never satisfied. And we need God to be present to give us that hope and that allows us to walk away from anxiety. But there are things that you long to see, and maybe God has put that in your heart. We serve a God who breathes life into things that don't exist. That's how his story started with us. And you need him there. When you pursue Christ, when you, when you have problems, these are the areas that you can be intentional about with your heart. Well, how do you do this? How can you allow his grace to impact this? Well, one is through community. It's why, why we are so passionate about loving Jersey City. It's why we're here downtown. It's why we, one of the reasons why we started this church. Almost seven years ago, we're, we'll hit seven years on Easter in April. And it was because we need others around us. We have dinner groups here. We'd love to connect you to that. Um, we have serving opportunities, like the sharing plates coming up at the end of the month. You need others in your life. And it takes time. It takes time. But people who can point you towards wisdom and to Christ. And then we need to be reading scripture and prayer. This is why we talk about it. We don't read scripture or pray to this because God says, oh, you should do this. No, we do it because it's engaging this relationship and inviting him in these areas of our lives. And community a lot of times helps you begin to engage in these things. We need His Holy Spirit working in us. I want to bring us back to the Ephesians 5 passage. I read this earlier where it said, Be careful then how you live, not as, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And then it says this, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And he gives a specific example. He's like, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That is his grace. God shows us that when we are following him, he is walking with us and leading us towards these things. 
We ultimately cannot do this without him. Paul in Romans 8 says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. It's the very place that God longs to live is when we struggle. Philippians 1, 6, it says, I am confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is where we experience him the most. When we engage him, we get to experience him actually working in our lives. And there's no greater joy than that. So DCC, Jersey City, you need saving and you need a grace that can walk alongside of you, that can catch you and I when we fail, because we do. And he wants to step into those moments and redeem us and restore us. And this is the hope that we have in Christ. And this is why we celebrate him, and it's why you should consider him to be in your life. We allow him then to step into our appetites and our troubles and our future goals and dreams because he longs to lead us there. If you are someone who is pursuing God, you should consider what it means and to follow him. And we would love to engage you with that conversation. And then Christ follower. Do you find yourself beating yourself up all the time? That's not the God that we pursue. He's, you're already forgiven. You're no longer condemned. We're learning to step into the freedom of his grace and forgiveness and allow him to lead us forward. There's no greater joy than that. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you so much. This is so many things to talk about today, and I just pray that we would, we would know that you love us and, and you are rich in mercy and kindness, and I pray that that God would live and reign in our hearts. I pray that you would give us the faith to know how true and joyful this really is. Father, we thank you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.